Welcome back to the Know Me podcast. Hello, listeners. I'm Cynthia, licensed mental health counselor, and for right now, a podcast host. And I'm Madeline, an enthusiastic coach and Cynthia's daughter. Today, we have an episode ahead that will take us into the heart of self-acceptance, self-compassion, and self-love. If you've ever struggled with body image, self-judgment, or speaking to yourself with kindness, this episode is for you. We'll discuss the power of mistakes and the beauty of growth, shedding light on how to overcome our inner critics and love our authentic selves more deeply. We've got a special guest to guide us along the way, the multi-talented poet, actor, TikTok sensation, and comedian, Georgie Jones. She'll be joining us to share her unique perspective on self-compassion and even share some of her beautiful poetry at the end. Georgie brings a beautiful blend of wisdom, warmth, and wit to our discussion. We'll delve into the power of making peace with our flaws and learn how to navigate the criticism that often echoes in our minds. So get ready to engage in an empowering dialogue that will help you foster personal resilience, growth, and a profound sense of self-love. Let's begin. Georgie, who is with us today, is an actor, a writer, and a beautiful spoken word poet. You may have seen some of her viral videos on TikTok or Instagram. I have my favorites, especially about the color yellow. That's one of my favorites. Hmm. And we're very delighted to have her here. Georgie, you're also a member of a comedy sketch group as well. Is that right? I am. Yes, there's a lot of fingers in a lot of pies, I think. <laughs> I make up one quarter of Just These Please, and we do sketch comedy. I can now say globally, we were on a cruise ship the other month doing some comedy, telling some jokes, which is just so bananas, but brilliant, absolutely brilliant experience. That is awesome. It's obviously a global sensation that you bring love, light and laughter into the world. (laughs) We are glad that you've brought a taste of it onto the Nomi podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. It's so lovely to be here having conversations with you both. And I'm curious. So given this Mm. mission you seem to be on around having love, light and laughter, In a world that prioritizes so much self-hate and negativity and gray skies, what has made you choose the light and the joy? It wasn't even a really conscious decision. I feel like the stuff that I put into my poetry especially was the content of a lot of conversations I was just having with my pals anyway. Mm. And I was thinking, wow, a lot of people feel this. I'm just going to put it out with absolutely no expectation I'm just going to put my poetry on the internet <laughs> where everything lives yeah. and the response has been absolutely baffling and amazing and the comment sections are such a wonderful place which surprises me constantly that's usually where the hate creeps in I think but everybody's kind and generous and happy and it's yeah I'm really proud of that yeah when I was listening to some of your wonderful poetry I almost felt like you were talking to yourself Mm -hmm. in a really really kind and accepting way the phrases that were coming out I was like that's what I say to me and yes yes right it doesn't have to be so negative it actually can have a little brevity to it a little Mm -hmm. humor around it a little love embracing it that's exactly you just said then about it doesn't have to be so serious and I think there's space to create work or to put kind of words and thoughts and feelings out there it's much in the way that you make this podcast it's casual and then it feels accessible Mm -hmm. for other people rather than a very kind of 
formulaic and serious and takes itself very seriously Mm. format which maybe often makes people think oh I don't know if I could engage with that that doesn't really feel like it's for me or Mm. yeah but if we talk to each other the same way that we talk to ourselves you can't really go too far wrong can you? I don't think so except that what I find is that a lot of times there's a huge disconnect meaning that when I'm working with a lot of my clients they tell me the things that they say to themselves. And I'm like, do you tell other people these things? And they're like, absolutely not. (laughs) I would never say that to one of my friends or a family member or whatever, or just a stranger in the street. And I'm like, okay, well, then why are you saying it to yourself in a completely opposite way? Yeah, we are our worst critics. And sometimes Mm. inside your head can be quite a dark place, unfortunately. Mm. I think this is a really common practice also in counseling. Mom, correct me, (laughs) but we also use it in coaching, which is Mm -hmm. the thinking of yourself in the chair, right? Or thinking of a friend in a chair that you would have an external experience from. And I think what's really difficult about having these loving conversations with ourselves in the beginning stages of developing a desire to have loving conversations with ourselves is it's it's all very Mm. in our head. It's very trapped in our heads. I think also what's really beautiful about what you do, Georgie, is it's that externalizing process. It's when we see things that feel like they're only in our heads, external to ourselves, that I think we feel community and connection with others. In this experience of writing or speaking or acting or whatever, it takes a lot of the internal stuff and projects it outward and allows us to have a little bit more picking apart, like we can pick it apart a little bit more than when it feels like it's all stuffed inside of our own brains. Yeah, totally. I think a lot of the stuff that I write is is into two categories, I suppose. I often write from an autobiographical place because I feel like I only really know what I No, and I can't really speak to anything else. So all I'm ever doing is voicing my own thoughts and I'm not ever trying to make big sweeping generalizations on this is what all women feel or all whoever. Mm -hmm. But I think that split totally subconsciously into sort of two separate things. I either write about the conversations that I'm constantly having that I can't quite figure out, which is a lot of stuff around kind of body image and yeah, like self-worth and self, like why am I still having, this should be sorted by now why am I still thinking these same things over and over again Mm. and the other stuff is sort of writing about incidents or experiences that happened and enough time has passed for me to truly know my feelings on that now I'm not very good at writing as a way to figure stuff out a lot of my friends who are writers also if I'm like this thing's just happened and I don't know how I feel they're like oh write a poem about it I'm like oh no I can't I need to sit and like meditate on it for a minute until I know more but I think actually that changed when I started putting stuff on the internet I don't want to put anything on there unless I know that in two five ten years time I will still stand by what I said it's quite a scary place out there so I think I I wait until I'm like yes these are my feelings on this and I will defend those feelings should I be asked Mm to. One of the things I really want to pick out there is when you said it's a scary world. And so I totally Mm. can relate to this idea of perfectionism for presentability that might last forever, right? It almost feels like everything Mm. we say or everything we do has the potential to be captured. And therefore, we have to really present ourselves as our best selves at all time. And it's just this idea of these mistakes are less fleeting. And so It doesn't just pass by. There's permanency to a lot of the things that we could do wrong, quote unquote. So I really resonate with that idea of wanting to ensure that the thing we put online especially is 
the best version of ourselves, of our work, of our message. But that can also be incredibly limiting and a little suffocating. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Especially, I feel, when you're trying to speak to this idea or make work that kind of contradicts this idea that Instagram or TikTok or whatever kind of social media we're using is such a highlight reel. Mm -hmm. Nobody shows the really, like, difficult things. And I really want to make work that kind of is a bit of an antithesis to look at all this perfection. However, especially when you're talking about bodies or body image or just existing in the world, you don't know anybody else's experience and you're, you're never trying to offend or upset. But also, inevitably, in speaking generally, you are including those people in the conversation and it's really... It's a bit of a tightrope walk, I think, to, yes, come into this, let's all have a vent together, but everybody's experiences are so vastly different. Mm. It's hard to know how to include everybody in the same way, especially when, you know, you're speaking from your own experience, which is also so different to anybody else. Well, and I think it's important to allow ourselves to connect vulnerably, meaning that maybe there doesn't need to be a tightrope or a fine line. And maybe it's okay that it's permanent because at that moment in that, in the particular time, that was how you were feeling. That was how you were processing it. And maybe we can give each other grace and give ourselves grace that occasionally, if not all the time, we change our mind. We have new data points. We have new perspectives. And being really brave, coming from a place of love, we can allow ourselves to be vulnerable. And the thing that's coming to mind for me is this phrase of, Loving what is in the moment, not worrying about future moments. We don't know what they're going to mm -hmm. what they're going to bring. And past moments have already come and there's no do overs, even though sometimes I really wish there were. <laughs> all of those things resonate with me as far as that journey that we're all on of trying to be vulnerable and authentic and loving. And I think, Georgie, your poetry speaks in this way, which is coming from a place of curiosity and humility. It almost feels there's a question mark around your art. It's like an invitation and it's an open sentence, even when there is a full stop at the end of something you're saying. You often invite your followers to give you inspiration for you to write on. And I think that this open curiosity and humility, it creates like this humble offering of art to be interacted with and to resonate and for pieces of it to be left behind if they don't resonate. When we approach the things we put out there, when we approach how we feel or what we're saying or our knowing in a way of curiosity rather than from a place of it is what it is, I know what I know, I'm an expert on this, we give space for the learning. And I think that's what's really part of vulnerability is there's always that open space to say, this is where I'm at now. Where are you at? How can I learn? How can we shift? How can we pivot? And it's not from a place of self-judgment. It's from a place of you only know what you know in that moment. Yeah, totally. I have learned so much more in life from the times that I got it wrong and that I failed. And mm. I think that they're the biggest lessons and I'm so grateful for all of them and will continue to make the same mistakes over and over. I'm trying to write something at the moment, but I can't quite get it in my head about people say, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice. And I'm like, yeah, but also fool me a million. I will make the same mistake 
a million times if it means every single time I learn something slightly different from it. And I think that is fine. I think it's fine to get stuff wrong. I think it's I think it's brilliant to learn from people who it's a strange kind of age thing, isn't there, where people feel like they can't, you know, anyone younger than you, you must know more than them. And that mm. is so bizarre to me. I remember one of the first times my mum always cooked when we were living at home and growing up and it was always amazing. And I remember once she asked me a question about cooking. And I remember being like, what? I don't know. What? <laughs> what? You know everything about that. And it just suddenly was like, oh, yeah, great. We can always learn from every single person, whether they're younger than you or older than you or whether you've lived the same life or an entirely different one. Why would we ever close ourselves off to those opportunities? Yeah. Well, and I think this judgment piece and moving to a non-judgment piece in all of this is so important, right? Because... It's judgment that kind of stops us dead in our tracks because we have these preconceived notions that mm. this age group knows that and doesn't know that or this or women versus men or all the differences, right? So instead of in embracing the differences, we limit ourselves and we come down with a judgment that doesn't allow us to cross lines. Like I'm not going to allow myself to be open to just the wisdom that might be in this moment with this person, no matter who they are or what they are. The other thing that really resonated, and we've talked about this before, is I don't have right and wrong buckets or good and bad buckets or success and failure buckets, and mainly because they don't serve me. And I think that's one of our biggest judgments is that where we limit ourselves is we put things in absolute buckets, good, bad, wrong, up, down. And I understand the framework around it, but I always invite everyone to move away from that. And just once again, how about if we don't have buckets? How about if we just go, yeah, that thing happened. It just was. That thing happened. And this is how I responded. And in reflection, I might have hoped that I would have responded a little differently, but it is what it is. And I'm going to, if I bump into it again, take that wisdom of the moment and move it forward. So when we talk about all of these really hefty topics, right, we're talking about self-love, we're talking about self-acceptance, we're talking about moving away from judgment, removing our right, wrong, good, bad, failure, mistake, whatever buckets. How, how do we move from a place where we're inundated with judgment from others, judgment from ourselves, fear of judgment from others, messages of what we should and should not be or look like or say, how do we move to that place of unattachment, of kindness toward ourselves, moving toward this love so that we know that we can step toward self-love and self-acceptance? Like that gap feels really big sometimes. So in your both of your experiences, how did you identify that you were in a place you didn't want to be and how you spoke to yourself? And how did you get to a space where you could invite in more kindness and self-loving compassion? I think it's a really difficult thing. And I think often you have conversations with people that you care about who are close to you and you say, oh, I feel really rubbish because of this thing. And it doesn't matter how much someone will be like, well, are you kidding? You're like so beautiful or whatever it is until you see it for yourself. It's so irrelevant, isn't mm -hmm. it? I don't know if there's an answer for me. It just came with eight. the older I get, the like mm. less I care. <laughs> and I always ask myself before I do a thing, whether it's putting on an outfit or writing a poem and sharing a poem and whatever it is, 
what am I hoping to get from this? And the answer always has to be, this will make me happy to do this thing. And then the rest of it's irrelevant. I think if you make videos, if you make content for the internet in the hope that you'll gain loads of followers and get loads of views, it's a real struggle and you beat yourself up so much every time that doesn't happen and it feels really far away and really impossible. And if the only reason that you're doing something is because it will make you happy to do it and it does make you happy, you can't really lose. Mm. You're, you're doing it primarily for yourself. And if other good stuff comes along the way, then that's brilliant. It's the same when relationships. Do you ever have that moment where you're like, I'm going to send this massive long text and I'm going to say, you don't deserve me and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then you think, wait, hang on, though. What if they don't reply? Will it still have made me feel better to send mm -hmm. the thing and have that said and have that off my chest? Or am I only sending it hoping for a response? And if I'm only hoping for a response, you just can't send it. So I think for me, I'm learning that it's just about looking inward and asking myself what I want to get from the other side. And then again, to prioritize my own happiness as the goal, it just doesn't really matter then what other people think and the judgment that comes from outside sources, because I still stand by doing the things that make myself happy first. Yeah, you said something that really resonates. And I too learned this as I, as I got older. And it is not only identifying what our expectations are of any outcome, because we have them. So it's just being really real and going, you know what, I really hope that they do send back a, a really lengthy apology of why <laughs> they have been cruel to me now that I've pointed it out in my text message <laughs> of why they don't deserve me or that they or that they feel really bad. I hope that I hope they feel really some remorse or regret or whatever. And then when we realize what it is, how can we detach, mm -hmm. detach from the outcome, go, yep, that would be really nice. But before I'm going to do that thing, I'm going to go internal, make sure it resonates with me. Who do I want to be in the world? These words seem unkind. And do I want to be, does it make my heart sing when I feel like I'm unkind? And usually the answer is no. <laughs> For maybe some people it's not, but we're not talking about those people. <laughs> and just realizing what the expectations is, letting go of what actually happens or doesn't happen. And knowing that when whatever happens, we'll just face it. We'll just mm -hmm. handle it. We'll just handle it with some grace and some humor and some self-compassion, but also some external compassion. You know, right. maybe we'll maybe we'll throw out some compassion externally as well. I love what both of you have said and yes to all of it. And I had a really silly thing I started doing. And I recommend this to my clients all the time. My clients that get really hung up on mistakes, rejection, and failure is I'm like, what if every time you made what you saw as a mistake, you just went, oopsie, or made some ridiculous thing that you'd say to a two-year-old? <laughs> that you'd be like, whoops, you know, the way we react when toddlers make mistakes. And I was like, what mm -hmm. if that's literally out loud how you reacted to your own whoops, embarrassing moments? And it just mm -hmm. makes you laugh. And so it, it's this invitation of lightness and not taking something so seriously that really helped me because it made me think what really is the consequence here, not even the outcome, because the outcome and expectation is certainly one part of it. But what am I so afraid of happening? And if I treat it like a whoopsie toddler mistake, it makes all of the consequence feel not that big of a deal either. And it allows me to mm -hmm. correct course and to understand where mm -hmm. I might improve and to let it go, right? You're not going to 
say to a toddler, remember last week when you fell off the slide? That was so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. I think that's great. Yeah. My yeah. my flatmate and I started saying for a while, it's only embarrassing if you're embarrassed. Yes. And then, then we just started marching around to being like, yeah, I'm not embarrassed, actually. And it's really freeing to just be mm -hmm. like, I'm deciding yes. not to be embarrassed by that. Mm -hmm let it go um, and then as nobody is obs as obsessed with you as you expect them to be nobody mm -hmm. cares they're cracking on with right. their own stuff it all gets yeah. forgotten really yeah yeah everybody's in their own head right mm -hmm. feeling embarrassed in their corner of the world and uh, and it's really and my one of my favorite phrases is it's really not all about you yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you want to get over yourself, right? <laughs> you're not all that. You're, I, I say to myself, you're not that really all that important, Cynthia. So maybe you want to start there. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love yeah. this. It also makes me a little curious because we've been talking about acceptance and not judging ourselves, right? And embracing the flaws and the whoopsie moments and everything. So how do we discern between accepting and loving what is and a desire for self-improvement? Tough question. <laughs> yeah. So what comes to mind for me is first going internal, first going internal and figuring out what parts don't serve you, right? Or what parts could serve you better, mm -hmm. which is... I'll use an example for me. My whole life, I have wrestled with body image, mm -hmm. body image and the messages that we get around it. My mom, bless her soul, she was very concerned about outward appearances. And so subliminal messages as I was growing up was that your external was more important and more consequential than your internal, because that's how she was brought up. And she believed that, you're innate, and she only wanted the best for me. So I have, over the course of my life, really struggled with being in constant argument, judgment, harsh judgment about my looks for whatever my, my physical body. So I went in and I did some reframing and I did some exploration as far as did I really believe that the in that the external was more valuable than the internal and what was the value of my body? I spent a lot of time looking at what it didn't do or it didn't look like or all that kind of thing. But then when I started going, this is an amazing machine. And I was just grateful on a regular basis of thank you eyes for seeing. That was really helpful, right? As I was driving the car today. Thank you, brain, for having that great thought. Thank you, heart, for pumping. Thank you, lungs, for breathing and life into me. So I think that's where I usually start to, to bridge the gap is going internal and looking at what it is giving me as opposed to just focused on what it's not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. That's something I've been thinking a lot about lately as well. And it's such a shame that there is has been societally so much worth placed on the outside as opposed to the inside. Mm -hmm. Because it's tiring, I think, for people to, to constantly have these conversations and these thoughts and to look at other people and compare themselves. And it just constant comparison, I think, just really robs you of any joy. I was teaching a poetry workshop not that long ago in a drama school and we did this exercise where you just have to stand in front of the rest of the class and just exist there. 
And it was mortifying. Everybody just couldn't even, well, I can't, what, just stand there. I'm like, just, all you have to do is stand there. I'm asking you to perform, which you think would be an easier task, but so interesting the way that we apologize for our existence as we walk to the front of the room and it's just desperately hoping no one will look at you and just oh god what if I breathe in a really weird way and it's just this constant it's so bizarre and it's I think it's so sad that we do we're just so afraid of this kind of judgment constantly that often I think probably isn't there as much as we expect it to be mm-hmm. and I wrote something I want really for ages wanted to write a poem about it and I did it recently about how yes you can eat only salad from now until 2028 but it won't make the sun warmer and it won't make you laugh harder and it won't there's you're already existing and I think it, we're, we're we're really in danger of wishing time away and like saving all the good stuff for when we look a certain way or dress a certain way or feel a certain way And then there'll just be these kind of voids of time where we didn't really live because we were waiting to have changed ourselves a little bit. And I think what I'm trying to do, yes, there's definitely stuff I would like to change about myself or improve, but trying not to put everything else on hold until I get there, trying Mm. to still live a lot in a very full way on the way there. Mm -hmm. So I don't think, okay, now I am where I wanted to be. Let's go. Do you know, life is so Mm -hmm. impossibly short that you just got to go for it, haven't you? Mm. Yes, 100% yes. And I Mm -hmm. think that this is where it is, right? It's loving what is. It's accepting the now. It's being present to the present moment. And it's living with excitement and curiosity and joy for the possibilities to come. It's not that we can't want to or want, um, want to improve ourselves or that it's bad to want to change something. Again, that's still a self-judgment. It's more this idea of understanding why, right? Why are you obsessing about that thing? Is there a way that the joy you're preserving for when you are thinner, younger, less wrinkly, smarter, like any of these things, is that is it possible to have that joy now and still work toward what's important to you? If you decide that your health is important to you, if you decide that your knowledge and your growth of your mind is what's important to you. If you decide that laughing more is what's important to you, you can, of course, work toward gaining things in your life while still loving where you are now and soaking up every precious moment of it. I love that message of why deprive yourself. It's have your cake and eat it too. Like why not Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. have a slice now and a slice later? (laughs) Yeah. Slices forever. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think that the more we do that, the more we're just automatically going to open ourselves up for opportunity and possibility to, to be a parent so right in our faces, right? So I really appreciate that concept of don't, let's not hit the pause button on life Mm. till we get to some hopeful destination. Let's like the cruise ship, let's party on the way. Yes. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. Let's laugh now and later. Yes. Let's love now and later. I love it. I think it's a great message. Goodness, mom, you're bordering on live, laugh, love territory. <laughs> How about love, light, laughter? I, I love the laughter part. I My mantra this year, I said to my husband, he said, we were talking about Christmas and I'm not a huge gift person. I said, I just want to in 2023 laugh more. 
I just think there's not enough laughter. So I want to be put in opportunities that I'll bring my funny and humorous self, but also I want to be in environments where other people have brought theirs and we can all laugh together because I think that if we can do that, the world will be a lighter and more lovely place. Yes. Yeah. 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 I would agree. This has been such a beautiful conversation and it seems like a nice place to settle and close. And Georgie, I don't know if you know this, but we always close our episode with a quote. So mom, do you have a quote ready for us? I do. It's an unknown author, so anyone can take credit for it, I'm sure. And maybe the unknown person's listening It was there. probably me, actually. It was uh, probably yeah. you. Yeah. So we're going to give Georgie <laughs> this. Yes. Acceptance is not resignation. It is an acknowledgement of what is and a choice to love and grow from there. Wow, Georgie. You really Thank have you. a gift. I know. Right. <laughs> yes. How did you Quite know? impressive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And what I would like to do is I would love if, Georgie, you would indulge us. Mm. Could you just share a little bit of your poetry, whatever one kind of resonates for you to do? I would love that. Let me just. It's it's very in the world of what we were just talking about, not pausing things and just going while we have it. And it is the title as it stands, although I do passionately hate titling things because I'm just so terrible at it. So the title is Our Hearts Are Beating, Aren't They? And then it carries on. There is air in our lungs, so let's go. Let's not waste time holding our breath in front of mirrors. Your trousers look wicked when they are filled with exhalation. And another couple of crunches won't make the sun warmer. Another 20 on the treadmill won't add fractals to the disco ball. Cutting out carbs won't make the music louder or the evenings longer. And the jokes aren't funnier when the dressing is on the side. It is all right to enjoy this life and to do so unapologetically. To pad barefoot through picnics or sunburn on gingham and hot pots of hummus. To stay for one more dance. To bust a move and prove you are queen of this disco. Misk the tube. Take the night bus, I dare you, but also be careful. To sing songs we have long forgotten the words to without care for key or pitch and extra helpings of heavy-handed vibrato. To try and find the bottom of the brunch with all the determination of the mariner and his chest. Maps marked with an X, let's stay up to see the sunset. Watch her turn the entire sky, candy floss pink, just for us. Let's stop waiting for when we whatever. When we lose some, drop a fit into let's go while we are young enough and hungry enough. We are already enough exactly as we are. And these, these are the good old days, babe. Just literally sat there waiting for us. Oh, gosh, the fangirling continues. (laughs) Just yeah. off the cuff, too. <laughs> no, like, hardly. What the heck? Right. With a bit of a hefty weight while I scrolled through everything I've ever written to, yeah. to try and find yeah. it. What a gift. Yeah. What a gift Beautiful. you have. I don't know. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> You're a gift to the world, oh, my friend. Oh, gosh. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Truly and completely. And honestly, yeah. we are so very grateful, not only for that beautiful moment, but also for your willingness to come to the conversation oh, and yeah. to be real and authentic and honest about the struggle that is this, right? Your beautiful poetry speaks volumes about self-love and self-acceptance. And it's a joy to hear the person behind the product at the end. So mm-hmm. 
Thank you for that. Thank you for holding space with us. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Absolutely. thank you so much for having me. It's been so wonderful. Yeah, Amazing. Thank you. Should we tell people where to follow you? Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything to promote at the moment, but yeah, sure. I'm online Amazing. at Georgie Jones is all of my things, yeah. Amazing, with awesome. a Z, right? With a Z. With a Z. Yes. With a Z. The S was taken, so I had to right, right. improvise up a bit. <laughs> there we go. All right. And where can we find you and your comedy troupe? My comedy troupe, we are Just These, Please, which we thought would be a clever name. You know, when you go into a shop and you put your stuff on the counter and you say, oh, Just These, Please. Yeah. But everybody's, how's it going with just funny, what, just those guys? What? That's called. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. are just these, please, on yeah, all gotcha. the social media. Amazing. Oh, yes. wonderful. So give Georgie a follow and definitely have a look at more of her work. It is just sunshine in a video. Oh. So I cannot recommend more to watch and listen. But yes, thank you for being with us, Georgie. And until next time, everyone. Be well. That brings us to the end of this episode. We hope our conversation provides some insight and practical ways to navigate and understand you. If you have found our show to be helpful, please pass it along. Madeline and I are hoping you will join us in creating a ripple effect of mental health and well-being. As always, thanks for listening to the Nomi Podcast. This is Cynthia and Madeline asking you to be good to you.